0: I do. And I don't. Well, good day, everyone. You're listening to I Do and I Don't Podcast Show with me, Joel Van Vliet, and my co-host, Kat Skinner. Hello, everyone. You did it, didn't you? I I
1: knew you were going to do it.
0: This is, a marriage of, this is a marriage advice podcast where we uh, take listeners' questions anonymously and we answer them to the best of our abilities. Oh, dear God in heaven.
1: Typically, we don't answer with silly accents,
0: though, uh, Joel.
1: And also sometimes we answer relationship questions in addition to marriage
0: questions. Sometimes they're actually sex advice and sexy advice if the question's rather boring. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We'll sex up your questions. Ask us whatever you want. We'll make it sexier than you've ever imagined it could be. Oh,
1: God. How would you do the housework one? We get the housework question all the time. How do you make that sexy? We've
0: already talked about doing housework in our underwear. Your underwear. Oh, my underwear. In, in uh, my underwear.
1: That's it. I will ship you my underwear on know. eBay. All and right. you can on do eBay, your homework in them.
0: I have to buy your underwear, Kat? That's pretty rude.
1: That's how I'm going to survive the pandemic since I've lost all my work. I'm going to sell my underwear on the
0: internet. I bet you you're getting DMs right now. <laughs> that are saying how much? How much? Um so uh people send the questions to Kat, she reads them, and then I uh and then she comes and reads them to me and I answer them anonymous. Oh no wait. People ask them anonymously, then she yes. reads them to me. And I uh having done no research or or really listened to the question a lot of the time, I'll give uh, really, really good advice. Kat, on the other hand, uh will research and and pour over these questions uh and care and still (laughs) like the advice is rather mediocre would you uh say that that's true Kat? uh
1: no as a matter of fact i would not say that that was true although i will give you credit because i think sometimes you come up with stuff that's a lot more insightful than anyone might expect (laughs)
0: that's just me smiling. This is the thing. It's a, we are live streaming and so I feel like I can just smile as a response but that doesn't help the audio uh, element of this podcast.
1: Your smile sounds like dead air.
0: Yeah. So that was me. I was just smiling big and and as a thank you Kat for saying that and for acknowledging that oftentimes I'm more insightful than even you.
1: I'm sure that's not what I said. How's your pandemic going, Joel?
0: (laughs) The pandemic is... Fantastic! Um, you know I uh, had a great week of of Uber creativity. I have a, a lot of stupid stuff to show for that. Um, some hits such as "Man Plants" and uh, the COVID one through nineteen song.
1: That COVID song was very good, actually. I sent that to a lot of people. I enjoyed that a lot.
0: And. Uh, Maybe I'll put a link for it on the uh, on the blog post of this uh, episode. But, yeah, so I've had a lot of fun. How about you, Kat? Have you been h- hanging in there?
1: I am hanging in. Um, I feel like uh, th- this entire experience is a lot like being in limbo. Every facet of my life feels suspended right now. I don't really know what's happening. Uh, but I also have been very creative this week. I've done a lot of writing, and I've been posting a lot of poetry, there's nothing like a good angsty period to produce a lot of poetic material, so I guess that's pretty awesome.
0: So, what? Sometimes you have periods that aren't angsty, and other periods are angstier. Does it depend like on the amount I of flow? I feel I write more
1: poetry if I am either like totally head over heels mm-hmm. or totally brokenhearted.
0: That's interesting because I feel like I'm I'm a little bit more stopped up during those times. I feel like I have to be after the pain or after the good stuff which
1: i guess that's why your life is simple and chill and mine is an absolute emotional minefield at any given moment
0: yeah, maybe but <laughs> we're just talking about like the creative like unfortunately i don't get the like i can't be like oh i'm so in love with you let me go write this beautiful uh, song for you like i don't have that uh, which would be sort of handy because then in the moment you could tell someone how you feel instead of like three years later once they're gone then you go oh there was a lot there that meant a lot to me and I wish I had expressed that at the time through song I mean Joel is there
1: there something you want to say?
0: (laughs) we haven't even known each other for three years
1: (laughs) (laughs) maybe you're predicting the future of this podcast
0: yeah recording Um, late at night (laughs) See? Useless. What are you doing for food? You going going shopping uh, at the grocery store? I have
1: yet to have to go to the grocery store, which has been pretty cool. Like uh, prior to my life shifting, my partner was going grocery shopping Mm. and also uh, both of my exes. In fact, my baby daddy and my recent.
0: I feel like you've been like a taking care of, what's the word? A kept woman.
1: Oh, if only that were true. Yeah. <laughs> They've kept me in groceries. <laughs> That's it. I get I get showered in canned tuna.
0: Mm. Mm. Oh, mm. I do have some. Uh, I did buy some canned soups. The other. This is boring. Okay, so let's start with our.
1: <laughs> Maybe we should just get into the first question. Yeah, let's get. What do in, you think? Let's
0: jump right. Not quite right into question number one of episode twenty eight live on the internet uh on facebook okay so here we go hit, hi cat hi joel hi
1: i am confused hmm. recently before covid i had been seeing off and on a guy i met online we met for drinks a few times we were texting phoning facetiming quite a bit we got on well I liked him until it got to the point where he was asking me if I had been masturbating. Mm -hmm. Our conversations would start off great, normal chatting, and then it would be ruined for me by him asking this or just turning the conversation smutty. This does not turn me on, especially early on when I've just met someone and I'm trying to just get to know them. I'm so over this. Can you or Joel explain to me why this happens? Thanks, guys. Love your show. Uh,
0: so, <laughs> you've got uh, quite a smile. <laughs> Why
1: well, cute. It's just very loving,
0: which, affectionate. Which part? The smiling or the masturbation question?
1: Well, no, that's not cute. That's annoying, I think.
0: Asking about masturbation?
1: Well, I mean... I have had this experience, if I can remember back to the days where I was trying some online dating, where people just like really want to launch into the sex part, like well beyond anybody expressing the desire to be there. Have you noticed this? Like things get way too sexual before you really even want them to?
0: Well, the question is, when do we mention Sexuality and that there is the existence of sexual, so like there is a sexual attraction. Um, you. When do we start thinking about sexual compatibility? Um, when do we put those feelers out to see if there, this other person is interested sexually? That's really where this question lies. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a different um, appetite or a different standard for each and every individual person. So it's really kind of insane.
1: Don't you think, though, that there's an easier way to test that water than saying, have you been masturbating? (laughs) Like, isn't there something a little more subtle that you could do to sort of gauge whether or not someone's ready to enter into a more sexual space with you?
0: Yeah, I guess going like, hey, been masturbating today is a, a bit of an odd question. But what is the appropriate sort of question for what like what is this what is a good sexual um like inroad if you will
1: um I would start with something this like how are you managing the loneliness how are you dealing with being lonely
0: oh right so this is why this guy's asking have you so what have you just been flicking your bean all night you know or <laughs> or all, all COVID times like but, but, also, in this scenario, so she hasn't met the guy. She's just been talking to him. No, no, they have they met. have met. This is so mm-hmm. this is bizarre. so they've they've met each other. they so, um, they met
1: for drinks a few times. A
0: few times. They haven't slept together as far as no. we know. And and so I wonder how soon the masturbation or or sex oriented talk began.
1: Well, if I had already gone for drinks a few times and hadn't slept with the person, then I would probably not be interested in taking them personally. So, um, uh, different, different hey, Sarah pokes. has a good suggestion here. Sarah's saying, oh,
0: what I have you been
1: this. doing with all your free time?
0: Yeah, but like, and so I guess this is where like, um, what I would imagine is what's going on is that they're, they're not really all that compatible.
1: Yeah, I think Um, that's probably the case. And I think, you know, if someone starts wading into sexual territory and you're not into it, you have to express that and say, hey, uh, I'm kind of more interested in exploring that with you in person when we have the chance, perhaps. Or maybe just like, I'd rather just chat about our day. You got to lay down some boundaries if you're not into it. But if you think that you're never going to be into it too, then like I would say cut it off and move on.
0: Because if they've gone out Three times and they haven't even uh, talked about sexual things and then now that they're kind of in isolation he's looking for something that's sort of stimulating and he wants there to be a sexual connection so he's mm-hmm. putting himself out there by asking if she's masturbating which may not be the most tactful or the most uh, fun you know <laughs> way to broach that subject okay so fine you know and Amanda has another suggestion. Have you purchased any toys during COVID? Which is barely different, but... Um, <laughs> it's,
1: it's not really very subtle either. No, it's just uh, a, a
0: slightly roundabout way of doing it. Um,
1: no, I think, like, if they're not going to be subtle about it and you're not into it, then just tell them straight up and move along.
0: Yeah, like, and, and, and by the way, like, if you like everything else about this guy, but he has, um, you know sort of crossed that line before you're comfortable with it, that doesn't mean you have to write him off immediately. And it, because it's so new, you know, maybe it would be nice to give him, if you like him, give him a chance to say, you know, and say, look, I, I'm not interested in these types of things. I think you said that, right, Kat? To just like mm-hmm. mention, I'm not ready for this kind of conversation. Can we um, just... Talk about other things until we have a chance to, you know, move into. And he might be like, "Yeah, no, I'm not really that interested in that."
1: <laughs> I've gotten so, to know everything I want to know about you now. Yeah, this like is like a, you have an orgasm, and yeah, uh, if that's not comp- compatible with you. Forget it.
0: If you if you want to be just platonic chat friends and like for the three months it's going to take for us to be able to leave the house again, um, I'd rather not do that. It's a waste of my time. Bye. So then yeah, you'll know I, where you're. You at. know,
1: like. My, my rule with dating always is just, like, strive for as much clarity as you can. I know it's hard and we get uncomfortable and awkward talking about things in a direct manner. But honestly, it just saves so much time and energy to just be straight up with your intentions. You know, like, if you're, if you're not into that, just be clear. Tell them you're not into it. Um, if you think you could be into it, maybe let them know sort of what it's going to take to get you into a more comfortable place.
0: I do want to say that, like, in my experience, like, I... Kat, you know that I'm very open to talking about sexual things. We do it all yes. the time on the podcast. Um, and so it's not really uh, difficult for me to get there, especially with jokes. Like, I, I'll i think of a joke, and it's hard for me to be like, eh, I won't say this joke. You know what I mean? Um And then people, sometimes it shuts things down because they go, well, I'm not writing anything. I find that that's a little forward, And I'm just like, well, it's a joke. It's a fun joke. And it also, yeah, it's a good gauge because it's like, oh, I'm not interested in that kind of conversation. Okay. Um, But if people were to be like, I don't want to, like those types of jokes are like, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in going down that road at this time. Uh, Can we talk about other things? That that might save a um, you know, a connection that uh, you you're otherwise just throwing in the towel. So, yeah, I
1: think so. I, I mean, you should be able to communicate boundaries and have them be respected. I yeah, think. I yeah, d- if, I
0: don't think it's black and white though. Like this person mentioned masturbation, that's <laughs> it.
1: It does sound like the conversations continuously head towards a smutty territory, and that that seems to be a bone a bone of contention. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that is a bone of contention. Way to be smutty, cat. Uh,
1: that's me. That that no. would be me. Like if you were dating me and we'd gone out for a few drinks and I thought you were cute and we were locked in quarantine, I'd be like, "So, have you masturbated?"
0: And I'm sitting here on the podcast, going, "It's none of your business, cat. We're co-host co-hosts. Like I don't, you don't I don't need to tell you about my masturbation habits.
1: You don't need to." <laughs> Um, yeah. So just like lay out your clear intentions. And if, if they're not on board and they can't abide by that, then find someone new to talk to. Yeah. there's lots of lonely people right
0: now. There's a good chance that he will, uh, talk to you a lot less because he probably wants to move. Well, he definitely wants to move things in a sexual direction and, uh, that's his appetite and so be it. Move along. Amanda agrees with
1: us that this is the perfect opportunity to say what both parties want and what they are comfortable with.
0: Mm -hmm. Is she asking us to say what we want and what we're comfortable with? Because I think we're both comfortable with the other person we're talking to masturbating as much as they can and telling us about it.
1: Wait, what's happening right now? (laughs) I'm saying,
0: Kat, you you and I are...
1: I'm not... I, I don't have anyone... Oh, that's not true. Never mind.
0: Okay, but I'm just saying theoretically.
1: <laughs> theoretically, I would be down for masturbatory experiences <laughs> in quarantine.
0: Yep. So there you go. That answers that question, Amanda. We're happy if somebody brings up the fact that they're masturbating <laughs> as much as possible.
1: Tell us about your masturbation Please. practices during COVID. Have yep. you learned anything new? Do you did you develop a new technique? Um, have you covertly masturbated during any Zoom meetings? <laughs>
0: covertly masturbated now i haven't done too many zoom meetings uh but on this podcast alone (laughs) i have come no i'm just joking um
1: (laughs) now i know what the lap blanket is for
0: (laughs) yeah it's just it's more of a um towel if you will it's it's more of a anyway
1: disgusting (laughs) Disgusting. how about we move on to question number two all right hey joel and kat hi my Hi. My relationship ended in the midst of COVID. We weren't together very long, but the connection was intense and we were living together. Now I feel like I've lost my home and my family. What are your best tips for moving on after a breakup?
0: Specifically while in quarantine.
1: Yes. That's like a whole new level of breakup.
0: You know, this, this pod, these podcast episodes are not going to be timeless because people are going to be like, oh, this isn't applied to us anymore because COVID's over and everyone's allowed to go outside again because I'm hoping that that does happen in our lifetime.
1: Actually, I would argue that COVID breakup strategies should be applied no matter what's happening in the external world because I think that what we are forced to
0: do right now is
1: exactly what most of us should do when we're dealing with
0: a broken heart. Which is just stay away from everyone else.
1: Take some fucking time to be alone uh, and be in your own thoughts and your own head. And I can tell you it is agonizing because all of the things that you normally would do during your breakup, like go out with your girlfriends and get messy drunk mm. or like get, you know, right back on Tinder immediately to get distracted. Right. It's just not happening right now. And so you are left to sit in the midst of it all and just Feel all the things, which I think a lot of people really would not want to do, but it's very
0: cathartic. So your previous advice would have been go out and get sloppy drunk <laughs> <laughs> no. with your girlfriends and uh, get on Tinder and get some strange no. D up in it, uh, up in that. and And that's, that would have been your initial advice before. Now...
1: No, no, that would definitely not have been my initial advice. Uh, or go sleep with his dad. Or
0: Amanda what? says go sleep with his faja.
1: Is that a thing? Do people do that after a breakup? That's a real that thing. Go
0: track down All his those dad and sleep things. with him. If that oh was God. the case, I would have had children a lot sooner.
1: Oh, my God. I'm I would have a, a
0: lot of boys. Um, <laughs>
1: um, okay. Go so, break some hearts, boys. Yeah, no, normally I would not say go and get wasted or sleep with anyone's parents. That's just, like, not in my Rolodex of mm. breakup advice. Mm. Rolodex, is that even a thing that people know? No, that?
0: it's definitely a thing, Kat. Yeah, it keep speaking like a 14-year-old there with your Rolodex.
1: Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think... Leaning into your friends and family for support during a breakup is a good call. I would not suggest a lot of like turning to substances to numb the pain. That mm-hmm. seems not okay. No. Um, yeah, and some people just like bury themselves in work and stuff. But I, I think this lack of distraction is actually not bad advice for all the time. And just like really get internal, turn inside, and just see, you know, sit with the feelings, let them shift, let them move. I think a good one. Uh, like when you really start to miss someone really hard is to kind of reflect on what it is that you're missing. What do you want from them in that moment that they're not there to give you? And then like maybe create a list in your mind or even like write it down of ways that you can give yourself whatever that thing is, mm. which of course brings us back to masturbation. <laughs> but <laughs> the main maybe thing I'm missing, maybe that's tonight's theme.
0: But um, that's interesting, and I would suggest, especially because you, you kind of have time and you have that kind of solitude, what you could do is look into something that is bigger than yourself. So a book not on a subject of, like, I'm sad and and what happened to my relationship. But something that goes beyond those things, um, maybe something uh, more spiritual or some sort of nonfiction that has to do with something, some greater cause beyond you and mm-hmm. beyond just the idea, not that love and relationships aren't like super important and a huge aspect of our human experience, but um, there are things that are greater than our just one human experience even shared with another person that you know that goes beyond us so if you start learning about those things maybe watch some documentaries even it can expand your mind into places that and you might be like oh maybe I don't need to wallow and feel so sorry for myself which is you know fair there's a lot of feelings there and feeling sorry might not be the right term but um oh no I think that that feeling sorry for
1: yourself place comes up hard and strong
0: the but there's a, there's also some fair mourning,
1: yeah. You know, morning. There's mourning. There's a lot of self pity and yeah, feeling yeah. inadequate, and it, there's just like a lot of gross stuff that comes up.
0: Yeah, and if and you can get through, like, past that stuff by going, well, wait a second, that I'm like, those problems are tiny
1: because mm-hmm.
0: there's su- such bigger things in this world you know, that might be a nice little, uh, strategy and you're still going to have to face those things. Like you say, Kat, and like look inward and, and go, you know, what, what am I missing out on and all those things. And, and, uh, yeah, but, uh, but if you're, you know, learning about human trafficking, I mean, <laughs> that's a lot worse.
1: Yeah, I think that idea of trying to challenge yourself to take a higher perspective over the situation and understand that though your pain is valid right now, you will eventually move through it and maybe even reflect on some other times in your life where you've had to deal with like intense emotion and how you've managed and what worked and what didn't. Physical activity is so important when we're feeling a lot of big emotion because it really helps to shift that emotion out of the body and like channel the energy into something more constructive. Um, and I think it, you know, it takes again, the same idea. It takes the attention away of the immediate pain that you might be feeling, Mm -hmm. but there's no way around pain, you know, like you can distract yourself, you can meditate on greater purpose or educate yourself about other things in the world, but that pain is there. And the worst thing we can do is try to numb it or avoid it because it continues to come up for us, even if we feel like it's not. And it can burst forth in like completely overwhelming ways if we don't tend to it carefully.
0: I'm wondering if there's a thing where, <clears throat> like, if pain is like a a uh, let's say it's this big mass, like a thick mass that you have to travel through, but it's not like complete, like it's not ever expansive. You know, it it maybe it's qu- like let's call it. It's not super narrow, but you know what I mean? It's just this big block. And you do have to go through all that pain. You have to experience all of that pain. But if you can go through some of the pain and then get out for a bit, you know, like you say, to go and get phys- do yard work, you know what I mean? Go for a walk uh, or a, probably a, a angry run or or one of those, you know, flash dance type dance montages or something like that. <laughs> And then you get, then eventually you're going to have to go back into that pain because you do have to travel through. And then you jump out and you 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 start you know reading some book by somebody from India, and then you get back in you know something spiritual, and then you get back into the pain. You travel through the pain a bit more, and then you pop out. Is that something that is a reasonable idea? I'm not, yes,
1: absolutely. Yeah, because you don't want to sit and wallow in the pain. Right. Also,
0: you're not you don't want to stay in that block of dark matter.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But you do have to go through it.
1: Yeah. And it's important to be aware of your toolkit. Um, I have a really good friend named Jenny Arndt, who's like a, a mindfulness practitioner. I don't know how to describe her because she does so many things. But um, one of the things she talks about is reflecting on the things that we love to do when we were children uh, in order to kind of connect with the essence of what feeds us. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing to think about and also like if you make a list of the five most fulfilling moments of your whole life you'll see themes in there around the kind of stuff that you need to do to really take care of yourself well
0: like a lot of the times it's going to be ice cream
1: it could be it could be
0: and it might be it might be tiger tail or it might be tiger tail ice cream and then like licorice sticks and you like
1: tiger tail ice cream
0: actually (laughs) yeah i do actually wow How can
1: you like that, but not like uh, coconut?
0: That's not coconut flavored.
1: No, I know. But coconut is like really palatable, whereas like black licorice and ice cream together is just so wrong. Black licorice,
0: first of all, I'm Dutch, so black licorice is in our blood. And uh, secondly, I'm not whatever coconut comes from.
1: (laughs) I like very much black licorice, actually.
0: And I like salted black licorice the best. Oh, when this COVID's over, I got a can of that stuff. Um, Amanda says, pain comes in waves. Deal with it as it comes. No rush in healing. That's true. No rush in healing.
1: Yeah, there is no prescribed timeline for how long it takes to get through a heartbreak either. Mm -hmm. And also, okay, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I I was going to bring this up. Staying in touch with the person who just recently broke your heart Good idea, bad idea, necessary part of the transition. Depends
0: what do you think? Depends on your what, how you feel. But like I'm, you know, sometimes you do the clean cut thing, and that's really hard. Other times, you drag things out by keeping in touch and and going over things, and kind of you kind of work through the breakup together. You kind of like, uh, it's almost there is an element of bickering to it, but there's just kind of like you You kind of go over things and over things until you're like, "Okay, you know what? forget it. We've been through this and and then it then you kind of at that point either you can remain friends or you just you're like sick of that person or something I don't know. I've just had both those scenarios where it's just like gone.
1: What about the, uh, we just exploded, but now the dust has settled two days later and I still love you. So let's keep having a little bit of sex and see if maybe the new perspective will bring us back together.
0: Um, you know what, uh, that doesn't sound like a breakup (laughs) cat. You may be right.
1: But some people do that. They break up and then they keep having sex and then... I guess they realize all the reasons why they broke up in the first place. And then it just kind of all falls apart again or not.
0: Yeah. So, but that's like, that, that's like a mini separation and then slow claiming to slowly get back together. And then, you know, yeah, then it It, doesn't fall. It doesn't work again. Anyway,
1: not a breakup. Um, What about like an ex who kind of strings you along?
0: How many of these scenarios do you have? Um, I've gone gone
1: through a few breakups in my day.
0: The exit kind of strings you along. That's, uh, you know, partly your responsibility to kind of go, wait a second here. Yeah. This isn't going anywhere. This is just, and I'm getting my heart hurt constantly.
1: A lot of people are not really strong enough to put that line up, though, and say, you know, like, this isn't good for me. I can't keep doing this
0: because they there's a couple things going on there hope is probably the biggest one of, of that Oh, it, it might turn around and then the other one is comfort you're like oh i enjoy this though I, I i you know what i know it's not going to be anything but i enjoy it so i'm going to continue to do it but that that's your your in the back of your head you should be saying but i know i'm going to be incredibly Smashed on the pavement when finally this ends because I'm still hoping for that this investment pays off in a great way.
1: How long should someone keep on hoping if their ex is still kind of in touch with them like that?
0: I I, I think, um, you know, I I was singing this song uh, in the shower the other day, which, and it doesn't, the whole song doesn't really apply to this, but the song of uh, If you don't know me by now. Oh yes. If yeah. and I thought this about uh, an ex once. I I thought if you don't know the goodness that I can bring you, then you're never going to know it. So if you are on the fence, you know, how however long into the thing and and you like it's been 2 years and you're still kind of on the fence. You're still not sure if I'm right for you. That you're never going to it's you're not going to get an epiphany and go, "Well, yeah." And and maybe you will, but I'm not going to hold out for that. You got to kind of trust that a, a person's sort of made up their mind and and they're showing you what their mind is by how they treat you. So Yeah,
1: I agree. I agree. So like if you have separated or broken up or whatever the case, um, you will know in your gut the difference between the person like just kind of trying to um, appease you or still actually being energetically connected and invested in the relationship, I think.
0: Yeah, there's a difference in behavior probably.
1: Yeah, It's hard to admit sometimes that they have moved on and are no longer interested, but if they, I mean, if if you're always the one who's initiating contact and if they're kind of keeping you at arm's length, you can pretty much bet that they're just trying to be nice, but they have moved along, I think. Is that safe to say?
0: Yeah, and Patricia give, brings up a very good point. Usually when the other person gets a new boyfriend <laughs> or girlfriend.
1: <laughs> they have moved on. By then yeah, they that, have moved on. That That is true. Although good luck getting a new boyfriend and girlfriend in the COVID pandemic
0: but as everybody knows one of my favorite things uh is manipulation i think it's great and i always suggest it um so a story that i know um from uh, an acquaintance of mine she was with this guy in a casual thing and she was interested in more and they were uh they had kind of a serious thing Uh, it it was like a long term but seemed casual but you know what i mean um So she was like, well, uh, nothing's happening here. She wanted to get married. She wanted to have a child. She wanted to move on with her life. So she went and hooked up with someone else. And then I believe told him about it. And he freaked out because he was like, oh, no. And then they became an official item because he was like, oh, no, I'm afraid to lose her. Sometimes you have Mm. to pretend. You don't even even if you don't want to hook up with someone else because you're just you just don't want to bang some strange guy because you you know you actually love this other guy. You can just lie to him and tell him that you and have And just pretend. Yeah. And then he'll be like, "Oh no, what? She's going to do that with other people? I'll marry her." <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know, man. I I I think your song from the shower still applies here. Like if if someone just can't give you what you need even without the threat of an imminent penis intruding on what they you know, right. have come to appreciate in mm-hmm. some way, then they're never going to really actually show up for
0: you. Right. But it's worth a try because you have nothing to lose. Um...
1: <laughs> oh, Joel.
0: Okay. Let's do question number three.
1: All right. Question number three. Dear, I do and I don't. My husband is a collector. He has various things he likes to amass. Mm. magazines, vintage tin signs, records, World War II, military paraphernalia, to name a few. This didn't bother me as much until COVID when we were forced to work from home. He's been ordering all kinds of stuff. Maybe he's depressed. And now I feel like we are drowning in his memorabilia. It's everywhere I turn. How do I get him to offload some of his precious treasure?
0: So this guy's a hoarder. So we're dealing with a hoarder. Who's got a lot of cool stuff? <laughs> yeah. But now, because she has to be home for a longer period of time, uh, she hates it. What was the What was the actual question at the end? I, I forgot.
1: She wants to know how she can encourage him to get rid of some stuff.
0: Oof, it's such a hard one.
1: I agree. <laughs> uh, it kind of sounds like his hoarding is ramped up since the pandemic, too.
0: Where Where's he getting this stuff? EBay. open. eBay. eBay. Hope they're spraying it with disinfectant when it comes in the house. <laughs> I know. That was, I
1: was like, oh, wow. Unless, that would be the first thing I'd want to talk about probably.
0: Did the, did the shopping, like, I mean, unless it takes 72 hours to ship, then no problem. So the thing you have to do is uh, talk about this person's mental health because <laughs> hoarding is a mental health problem and amassing things like that. It's like, what void are you filling? And, it, and if it's gotten worse during this COVID times, maybe it's a reaction to the stress of the COVID times, the stress of the end of the world, That he, which, by the way, if the world's ending, don't buy more trinkets. <laughs> That's the last thing you should be buying. It's we, very counterintuitive.
1: If it's, Although the World War II memorabilia could come in handy. If, if like it's
0: weapons, I- well, yeah, when Nazi Canada <laughs> becomes a thing. You never know when you're going to need a good pith helmet. Oh yes, those pith helmets. You never know when you might need an old Nazi jacket. Um but how do you convince him to downsize? He's not going to be happy about it. But so th- I think the first thing that I would do is try to figure out why he is uh, amassing this stuff because that's never going to end until you figure out the Get root because because I, I think there is a there I I believe there's a problem with just collecting too much stuff. I, yeah, I,
1: I, I don't. Like, I, I don't feel cl- like I, that's healthy behavior, either.
0: Yeah, I get collectors. Like, I get buying and selling is one thing. I, you know, having a f- like a direct thing that you're collecting. So, if it's like a certain stamp or certain coins, but like, you know,
1: stamps and coins though are easy to organize. They don't really like take over They're your whole small. house. Yeah. And even a solid, like, vinyl collection could actually create good experience. You know, you know? they're so
0: skinny, cat. They're so yeah. skinny. You just slide yeah. them in together. They're so small. But that can get out of hand, too. I guess so, yeah. You know, but, you know, if you find you have, like, 30 of the same record. <laughs> Sell like, them. Mm, make
1: some money. Yeah.
0: Maybe you shouldn't have it. Yeah, but they're all slightly different pressing. Okay, grow up. Just <laughs> enjoy the music, but don't be crazy um
1: how do you how do you initiate that conversation that you, says hey honey i'm i'm a little worried about you
0: you cause. you subscribe to whatever cable gets you t- <laughs> tlc
1: <laughs> i was actually gonna say the same thing you make show them watch the order and say this this could be you if we don't get this under control
0: yeah like just go well look at these people that are nuts Oh, Renee is calling out my collection of man plants. And I think that collecting too many plants is also, can also become a problem.
1: And it can. Yeah. It Cause your house will look like a jungle.
0: Yeah. Which I mean, I think to a point you can get it jungly to a point, but if you can't like properly water them, they're not getting enough light. Like I have the house that I could get an unhealthy collection of plants.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of space at there's your place for plants,
0: but um, I'm not there yet. Unfortunately. Um, <clears throat> but this is the thing cat. Um, Listen, I think one of the tricks uh, in mitigating this travesty of hoarding is to get a uh, a storage unit and go, we're not throwing the stuff away. We're just relocating it to our storage unit so it doesn't do my head in being here at the house. And then get somebody to burn down the storage unit. It's very simple. It's a two-step pro- process.
1: I think that's mean,
0: actually. What? <laughs> but what are they? <laughs> Play hoarders on repeat, just like I've been watching my 600-pound life. That's smart, Amanda. Because Is
1: that to avoid the COVID overeating?
0: Once I mentioned popcorn cake, she started eating like three popcorn cakes a week. It's terrible.
1: I never want to talk about the popcorn cake again, actually. Can I put that in my contract?
0: Yep. You can. Ex- I mean, there's explain no- Explain
1: that it's important to save money at this point in time due to not knowing what's going to happen six months from now. See, that's really wise advice. Mm. I would I would start with putting the kibosh on more spending and just be like, we can't afford to buy stuff. And then maybe that's like a good end to the why do you really truly need this anyway?
0: You could can be you like focus two, on
1: one collection.
0: Two items out, one item in. You know, if you yeah, want to buy absolutely. and sell, that's fun, you know. Like. And
1: and the cool thing about collectors' items is that you can resell them in most places. Like you could totally sell them on eBay and make a little bit of extra bank. So hopefully they can arrive at that. Maybe like it's a slower process. You can just sort of wean him off and let him fixate on whatever's the easiest to store in your home.
0: I also wonder, like, what, like, was this always, were these particular things always of interest to him? Or has he just suddenly started being interested in these things? Or did he, like, find one bayonet from World War Two? Do they have bayonets in World War II? I don't war think II? so. I
1: think that was the first <laughs> World War. Okay.
0: Whichever, whatever war stuff. Look, I'm not a war guy. Um... Mm-hmm. whatever he did, he go, oh, I found this piece. Now I'm going to have to buy all the pieces. You know what I mean? Like, what happened there? And then how do you uh, go like, hey, look, there's no value to this stuff. (laughs) It's all just (coughs) trinkets. None of it matters. Like, it's so... uh, Collecting... I have vinyl, but, you know, I feel like it's... Well, I shouldn't we shouldn't come down on it's really me. I shouldn't come down on people collecting general things. It's that there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. But
1: I think if it takes over your home though,
0: and it's like affecting your
1: relationships and your ability to find things within your house, it's just I I agree.
0: I agree that it's but I think it's completely kind of dumb. Like it why does a thing that existed before and yeah, it might have history attached to it, but why does it matter to anyone now, especially people that were not part of that thing, you know what I mean. Like if this person has no, like okay, maybe somebody in their family experienced World War Two, but it, but unless you have like a real like real connection there, like like um like almost first, like you you were spoken you're grandfather told you stories and you really connected to that. And that's how you connect to him again. Like, unless there's something like that, what on earth are you doing? Like get a life.
1: <laughs> Your psychological attachment to stuff needs to have some valid.
0: sort. Yeah. Reason. Like, come on. Like, what is the point of that stuff? Like, I, I think like, you know, I have stuff, but even, you know, I'm a fan of <laughs> peanuts. Amanda's- yeah, I saw that if you can't find your children, that's an issue. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of peanuts, and I You're a fan of what? Peanuts. Peanuts! Charlie Brown. <laughs> 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 I said peanuts. Um. Charlie uh. Brown. And uh and so I have all the books, like they released all the books with all the comics from all the years, and I bought those books. And I, have a, my, I keep on getting uh, ornaments or games and things. And I don't mind. Like, it, it's easy to buy for someone if you know what they like, that they like something like that. But that's not really my goal is to have a bunch of Peanuts trinkets. I don't care that much. I really want to just read the books. I like the comics. Mm-hmm. And that's where it ends, you know, because there's something yeah. to enjoy there. And looking at a little statue, I know people love this stuff. But it's not for me. And I don't understand. I don't really, don't really. I I, I honestly don't get it that much.
1: I'm not a big fan of that trinkety type of stuff either.
0: Uh, I feel like there needs to be a function.
1: I have a book problem.
0: Yeah, but like once you're done reading the book, get rid of it.
1: Sarah wants to know what your psychological attachment is to balloon animal sculptures.
0: I'll tell you what it is. I went on a trip with my best friend Adam and his best friend Katie. And we went to the Andy Warhol Museum, and in the store there they were selling these balloon animals, which I don't know how they are andy warhol related they're a totally different company that anyway, I thought they were really cool, and also I had a lovely experience on that road trip, so I ended up buying them to um as they kind of remind me of that time also. Um, I got three because some of them were slightly damaged or whatever. So I just happened to have three and they're also very silly. So they, you know, and clowny and they work with uh, comedy. So that explains that. So try so hard, Sarah, to bring me down with all the trinkets and crap that I have. You try that.
1: <laughs> unnecessarily. Because impressive.
0: I will Actually. have an answer for you. No, no, sh- one moment, Kat. I will have an answer for you, Sarah Middleton. But anyway, I think throw away your crap. <laughs> Sarah, I'm really sorry. I'm just I joking. can't even Great. tell you
1: that he's been alone too long because he hasn't.
0: But did we answer that question, Kat?
1: I think we did. It has to be a gentle conversation about the psychological state of mind that might be leading to the hoarding. And then, yeah.
0: and then of course, go and uh, and if he doesn't if, he, if it's not going to be a normal thing, just say, throw all your crap in the garage then. That's your space.
1: Get rid of it.
0: And then eventually get rid of it. Yeah. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been listening to I Do and I Don't. Show, podcast, show. We stream live on the internet at we don't always know because our schedules are kind of weird, but if you follow us at Facebook and Instagram at I Do and I Don't Show, um, you will get alerts to when those things happen. Um, and you'll find this podcast every Monday on all these streaming platforms. People write us uh, questions to our Facebook or Instagram or I do and I don't show at gmail.com. Cat reads them, keeps everyone anonymous, and then asks me the questions and I give expert advice. Almost professional marriage advice, I should say. You don't have goodbye. To say.
1: Goodbye to everyone. You want to say
0: goodbye? Thanks
1: for listening and watching.
0: And the other thing I want to say is be sure to wipe the dust off the leaves of your plants.